Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. We're into week two of the uh, community college uh, teachers strike, faculty strike uh, here in the province of Ontario. And uh, we've covered both sides of the issue here on the program, of course. Uh, some of the concerns expressed uh, by the colleges themselves and, and, of course, those of the faculty. Uh, but one term that has come up time and time again in this discussion and certainly in other labor discussions is uh, a phrase that uh, is almost one of the catchphrases, I guess, of the day. It's called precarious employment. Essentially, what it means is uh, is with no, no job security I, is, is the way that many people would characterize this. Is this the new normal? Is this the way that employment's going to be from here on in? Joining us to talk about this is uh, Christo Avelis, uh, Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council postdoctoral fellow at History of the University of Toronto, and always a welcome guest on the program. Christo, how are you this morning? Good, good. How are you? Excellent. Uh, this, uh, of course, in, in, the, in the near term, of course, uh, I guess, you know, has something to do with the academic uh, concerns here in the province of Ontario, but it's, it's a phrase that, that many uh, uh, employers are, are looking at right now, this, this whole idea of precarious employment. Uh, what's your read on, on what this is and why it seems to be such a prevalent topic these days, Christo? Well, you know, historically, a lot of, you know, working people have always kind of faced precarity, especially if you were, you know, uh, you had lower skills or if you were a minority of some kind, maybe you were a woman who could get laid off because she was pregnant. So there's always been that kind of precarity. But in a sense, there was a kind of relative golden age, um, you know, after World War II, where more and more regular working class people could depend on, on jobs, Right. And that's kind of changed in the last 10 or 15 years, but seemingly quicker as more and more people, even with education, even with training, um, even with, you know, good middle-class backgrounds, are starting to see a, a world where work is hard to come by, especially with a permanent basis. And I think there's a growing sense that, that, that jobs, even kind of, again, traditionally, you know, middle or upper middle-class jobs like college faculty, university faculty, you know, um, people who work for companies, uh, you know, in white-collar jobs are facing more casualization of their labor. And it's the sense that, you know, even, even the wages might still be good at some of these jobs, although in some cases they're not. They don't come with, um, you know, year-to-year -year security in terms of your employment. They often don't come with things like pensions and, and, and health benefits, and that's a, a major concern for people. When did this start to become so rampant? Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the cynic would say, hey, you know, we're all under precarious employment because we've got all that canned at any time. But but there was that sense of, of comfort, I guess, some years ago, Christo, when people said, look, it, I got a good job, maybe a unionized job, uh, you know, and, and look what they got for me. I got drug plans. I got a benefit plan. I got a retirement plan. Uh, I'm probably going to be working at this job until the day I retire, and life is good. Uh, that's not happening very much anymore. Was it was it the recession of 08, 09 that, that really changed that dynamic? I mean, to a certain degree. I think it's been more generational. You know, the, the, really the start of this, you can go back to the 70s even, and, and there was a sense back then that, you know, workers were very successful in their collective bargaining in the 1970s for, you know, maybe more than in history. And, and governments like Pierre Trudeau's government in Canada, Richard Nixon and Jimmy Carter's in the United States, uh, Margaret Thatcher in Britain, for instance, they were really successful at lowering expectations for workers. And that not only affected the kind of wages and benefits they could get, but this really came at the narrative that what, what, a, what an economy requires to succeed is um, the, the, an environment for profit-making. 
you know, the trickle-down economics. And we often associate, you know, taxes and regulations. You know, we lower taxes, we lower regulations, then, you know, our, our, our boss can profit, and then we can profit. But one of the things that, that was changed was uh, adding more labor flexibility. And either by making legislation easier to, to achieve that, or just by the globalization of the economy, you know, jobs can move overseas now faster. It's not just factory jobs anymore. You can replace IT workers uh, now. You can replace, you know, call center workers now. You can replace, um, you know, all, many, many kinds of, of labor with, with, with populations, uh, you know, say outside of Canada, outside the developed world. And I think all of those things together, both legislative changes from governments, um, you know, to cut, uh, to make it harder to unionize in some cases. Mike Harris, for instance, got rid of the card check in the mid-1990s, which made it harder to unionize here in Ontario. Um, you know, all of those kind of changes uh, have made it more difficult for workers to, to have some semblance of job security. I think it's also just a, a perceived reality um, based on, again, the globalization of labor. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.